for the reading of God's Word. This is the final message in this series that we have been sharing for the month of September in this year of 2017. The series is simply called Imperfect. Imperfect. And we've stated throughout this series that all of us are like the character in which the series has been designed around Peter. All of us are like Peter. That we have some good and we have some not so good. We have some great days and we have some not so great days. But the good news is that God never gave up on any of us. Despite our imperfection, amen, God still loves us. Amen, somebody. And so this final message of this imperfect series, and I must confess, as I said to the church this morning during the 8 o'clock service, that this is, this is my favorite sermon in this series because surprisingly enough, Mark chapter 16 and verse number 11 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It is rarely, if ever, quoted. <laughs> and to the wonderful students from CIU who are here, God bless you. Thank you, Alexis and others, for inviting them. I was a student at CIU, sitting under a seminary class of the late Dr. William Larkin. And he said something that I should never forget. He says, Mark 16 and 7 is the gospel. That's what it is all about. It's not about big churches and stained windows. It's, it's not about who has the most members and who has the greatest choir. It's not about how your preacher preaches. It is about Jesus including somebody who felt excluded. Amen. Tell somebody it's the gospel. So the text is Mark 16 and 7. And for confirmation of the text, we have also identified 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 5. Both are read from the New Living Translation. Both involves Peter and Peter's testimony. Verse 7 of Mark chapter 16 is after the resurrection after Peter had let the Lord down. Then look at what happens. Verse 7 says, Now this is an angel speaking to Mary Magdalene and two other women at the tomb on resurrection morning. The angel says to Mary and to the other women, Now go and tell his disciples. Go and tell Jesus' disciples. And here are the two words that are so powerful, that represents the gospel, including Peter. <laughs> One translation, it is believed that the original Greek says, especially Peter. Go tell the disciples, but especially Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. First Corinthians 15 and verse 5. When he was seen, or he was, Jesus was seen by Peter. Somebody say Peter. Peter. 
and then by the twelve. Jesus was seen by Peter, then by the twelve. Catch the hands of someone that's standing next to you. Here is the subject for today's message. Squeeze those hands and encourage someone with these words. Look at them and say, the Lord still wants to use you. That's it. The Lord still wants to use you. You may be seated. To every demon and devil and discouraging spirit that has tried to discourage somebody because they've made a mistake, I've got a message for you. God still wants to use us. Amen. Amen, someone. Listen, uh, one of perhaps the major flaws of our human nature is how often we as human beings are willing to give up on someone who has let us down. That is a major flaw. That is one of our uh, imperfections is that how, how often we are to walk away and to give up on someone who has perhaps made a mistake, someone who has let us down, or how often we are to just give up on someone who has not lived up to our expectations of them. We sometimes set expectations of other people, listen to this, higher than we set expectations for ourselves. I'm preaching now. And how quick we are to want to give up on those who do not live up to our, expert, our expectations. But we are at times, and this is a sad commentary on uh, who we are as humans and the times that we are living in, we are at times too quick to judge and we are too slow to forgive. The church ought to say amen. We, and what is so amazing about that is that usually those who have been forgiven of the most are the same ones who are slow to forgive others when they've done wrong. I'm preaching to someone. Those who've come through the most, God has redeemed you from all your baggage and all the things you thought you did that nobody knew about. And yet we are quick to point the finger at others. We develop what I have called historical amnesia. Can I preach? Just to help you out, look at somebody and it means that you forget how bad you were. Yeah, because now see, we have the tendency after we've given our life to the Lord, we've been saved, and it's covered under the blood. We act as if we have nothing that we've been delivered from. Ooh, can I preach to somebody in here? But the truth of the matter is, if God was to pull back the cover, 
if God was to switch the light switch, just flip the light switch in your secret closet, <laughs> some of us wouldn't be so howdy and mighty because he has brought us from a mighty long ways. And yes, this mentality of too quick to judge, too slow to forgive applies to those of us who say that we are Christians. In fact, some would say that this especially applies to those of us who say that we are Christians. Uh, to much that has been given, then God requires even more. When you consider what God has done for you and where God has brought, that's why folk look at me and, and they accuse me of being overly tolerant of people as if I ought to be ashamed of that. And I told them I am not ashamed of being overly tolerant of people because God has been overly tolerant of me. If it had not been for the Lord, that was on our side. Listen how Jeremiah puts it in Lamentations. It is of the Lord's mercies that we have not been consumed. His compassion faileth not. It is renewed every morning. Great is his faithfulness. The only reason why some of you are still in your right mind is because God gave you some new mercies. I'm not even talking about the mercies he gave you last year. I'm talking about your 2017. In fact, I'm talking about your September 2017 mercies. In fact, I'm talking about your September the 24th 2017 mercies. Some of you woke up this morning and you had to reach into the mercy jar and say, Lord, forgive me again. Am I right about it? And so there are those who somehow think that by giving someone a second chance that they are excusing their bad behavior. There are those who say stuff like, I don't want to condone their bad behavior. I've got to be hard on them because I don't want them to keep doing it again. Like God was not lenient towards you doing your bad behavior. And some of you still got bad behaviors, but it doesn't involve sex, drug, or smoking, so you don't think it's so bad. Let me preach to this side of the church. There are folk that think any sin that doesn't involve smoking or sex or a guns and stuff, not so bad, but your gossiping, backbiting tongue is just as bad. Your haughty, arrogant spirit, your turn your nose up at people that you think are less than you. Can I preach to Wait, where can I preach to This side of the battle. Somebody ought to say amen because God has brought us from a mighty long ways. You don't excuse somebody's behavior because you forgive them. 
you are exercising your godly mercy. You are acting like God's your savior. In fact, there is a wonderful quote by an unknown author that says this, and I quote, it says, forgiveness does not excuse bad behavior. It simply prevents someone else's bad behavior from destroying your heart. <laughs> so by me forgiving folk is not an excuse of their behavior. It simply says, I won't allow the anger and the animosity to dwell in my heart that will destroy my heart because I'm upset at something you have done. Life is too short for me to waste another moment, another minute, another second on worrying about what you have done. I'm on my way to heaven and I intend to enjoy the trip. And I can enjoy it by obsessing over what you might do next. Am I right about it? So Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind, pressing towards those things which are ahead, reaching towards those things which are ahead, I press towards the mark. Amen. All of us got some stuff we need to release. Ooh, can I, I want to make sure I'm in the right church. All, all of us got some stuff on our hearts right now that we ought to release. Just in some symbolic gesture, just take your hands and release it and throw it towards the altar. It says, come on, throw it there. Just get rid of it. All of us got some stuff that's holding us back. And some of you haven't praised God in three weeks because you're still mad at somebody who don't even know your name. Y'all, Come on, your attitude has, has made your life miserable. But I've decided, God, I live. God, I die. I'm going to praise God all the time. Listen, may I preach this? May I preach this? I want to preach this. Amen. Give me a little time this morning. We, we had some presentations we had to meet and make, but I want to preach this. This is the last message of the series. The parable, before I get to the text, the parable of the prodigal son that is found in Luke chapter 15. If there's any chapter of the Gospels you ought to read and study carefully, it is what I call the lost and found chapter. That is Luke 15, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. The parable of the prodigal son teaches us that not only will our Heavenly Father forgive us, but he is also willing to restore us. He's willing to give us a second chance. Now let me just put a footnote in here. Restoration works when those who you are willing to restore want to be restored. Somebody caught it? Because there are some people that you may be willing to restore that they just don't want to be restored. They just don't want anything to do with you. And you try it over and over again. But, but, but when you've done your best, Jesus says, shake the dust from your feet. And say, Lord, I, I gave my best. But you got to keep trying and do your best. But, but, but the Father is willing, as seen in Luke 15, to give us a second chance. In fact, this parable uh, in Luke 15, verse 20 of this parable 
says to us that when the son who had left, you know the prodigal son, he disrespected his father, he arrogantly requested from his father all that he thought belonged to him. What his father could have said was that, all right, everything you paid for, you can take. Somebody caught it. <laughs> but since he did not pay for anything, uh, he had no right for anything that he requested. But he disrespected his father. He, he insulted his father. He took his father's inheritance. <laughs> and the Bible says he wasted it on riotous, a wild living in a foreign land. And his friends, who were his friends when he had stuff, were not his friends when his stuff ran out. Some of you know folk like that, don't you? Gave him a great job feeding pigs. And the Bible says when his belly was full of that which the swine did eat, this young man came to himself and says, how many of my father's hired servants are in better shape than I am? I will arise and go back to my father and confess. But this is what I like. Verse 20 says, but when the father saw his son a long ways off. Don't miss those words. The only way you can see somebody a long ways off is that you got to be looking for him. <laughs> can I preach? Is there anybody so glad that your heavenly father looked for you every day and, and, and searched for you when you didn't have sense enough to search for him? And the Bible says when he saw his son a long ways off, Father had compassion on his son and would not allow his son to meet him in the house, but he ran and met his son and he fell on his son's neck and embraced him and he validated his son again, told his staff, go get me the finest robe and ring and, and shoes and kill the best lamb and we're going to have a celebration because this is my son who once was lost but now he's found but the key to the text is that the father saw him a long ways off now i want to say something to help somebody because perhaps my good friend deacon carlos what impresses me the most out of this parable is not the, the encounter between the young son and the father, but the encounter between the oldest son and the father. Do I have time to preach this? If y'all say preach, pastor, I believe I'll get to it, okay? Look at this. Let, let, me just, let me just pause for a minute. Because, see, there are a whole lot of us that are like that older son. Older son was all right. He had not done anything. He stayed there while his younger brother disrespected his father. He worked and did all he could, and he earned all the respect. So the older boy 
develop an attitude. When he saw what the father, Elder Wilson, was willing to do for the prodigal son. So the older boy said, hey, Pop, we need to talk. I have been here, never left. I stayed here. I tended to all you had. This boy disrespected you, spent all your money, and yet you have thrown a party for him. The oldest son said this, you have never thrown a party for me. But thank God for wisdom. Father said, son, I may have given him a ring and a robe and a, and a, and a party, but I've given you the kingdom. <laughs> and so don't get it twisted. Don't you get jealous over those who've been redeemed thinking somehow God has forgotten about you. God says, no, you can celebrate those who've been redeemed because God's got something even greater with your name on it. Somebody ought to take just a pause right now to give God a 30-second praise. Dr. Bradley, the late Dr. J. Vernon McGee puts it this way. I love this. He said, the youngest son got a party and a robe, but the oldest son got the kingdom. And so God says, I won't forget your labor of love. And so what are you saying, Pastor Jackson? We've got to learn how to embrace people that God brings back to the fold. And don't think that they're there to take your place. Ain't nobody want to take your place. God's got enough places for everybody in the kingdom. Can I preach this? Because you know how we look funny at folk. You just got here. I've been here a long time and look like you get more attention than me. Shut your mouth and begin to praise God and just begin to celebrate over what God's got for both of y'all because you've been redeemed <laughs> by the blood of Jesus. Look at the text. Look at the text. I feel like preaching. Woo. Look at the text. In our text, Jesus once again talks about Peter. Somebody say Peter. In our text, we see how Jesus never gave up on Peter. Despite the fact Listen to this, because I've got 15 minutes to wrap this up. Despite the fact that Peter denied him not once, not twice, but three times, Brother Jeff, not only did he deny having any affiliation with Jesus, but he flat cursed the little girl out. <laughs> he, when she said... For the third time, I know I recognize you. Peter went back to his hood mentality. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And Peter chose the vocabulary of the hood. And he laid her out. Didn't I so-and-so tell you so-and-so? I don't know anything about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't even know the man. Now, this is Peter, who certainly was a long ways off, 
this was the same Peter that Jesus called the rock. This was the same Peter that Jesus says, upon this rock, the confession that has come out of your mouth, I will establish my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is the same Peter, unlike any of the other disciples, that Jesus gave the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said to Peter, and whatsoever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth is going to be loose in heaven. And the first opportunity after the declaration of Peter's anointed stature, Peter denies knowing Jesus. Peter is put to the test. Jesus needs him now more than ever. All have fleed. And Peter says, I've never known this man. I don't know who you are talking about. Jesus goes to the grave. Jesus hangs out with the dead spirits. And three days later, whoo, on Resurrection Sunday morning, Jesus gets up out of the grave, leaves the tomb, and declares all victory is given unto me. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Shalom, three women, Mary Magdalene, you know Mary Magdalene, in the same chapter, verse number nine, the Bible says, out of whom are seven demons have come out of her. Mary Magdalene goes to the grave and, and of all the people that God could have chosen to carry the resurrection message, he chose Mary Magdalene. He said, I don't need a prima donna. I, I don't need somebody who's too cute for their own good. I, I don't need somebody who's more concerned with their image than their anointing. I need somebody who's got a testimony. I need somebody who's come through something. I need somebody who's wrestled with demons and have won. Woo. So he chooses Mary Magdalene. Chooses Mary and the angel sitting on the right side of the tomb. The Bible says in verse number six with the white robe on. The angel says to Mary Magdalene and the other two women that Jesus is not here. Jesus has risen from this place. Jesus has done what he had predicted he would do. And then verse number Seven. <laughs> I can hear the spirit of my late professor, Dr. William Larkin, in his a little powerful voice, Mac, says, verse number seven is the gospel. Verse number seven is the establishment of the church. Verse number seven says God reached out to somebody who had let him down. And say, I still want to use you. Ooh, look at verse number seven. Angel tells Mary Magdalene, go tell the other disciples. But then these two words, including Peter. Ooh, don't forget about Peter. 
I know he's dejected. I know he's hurt. I know he's devastating. In fact, I have heard that he has gone back to fishing. I know he feels as if it is all lost now. I know Peter feels as if I let the Lord down. I declared in Mark 14 that, Father, I'll never let you down, that others may forsake you, but I will always be right there by your side. Peter, I'm the rock, but I've let the father down. I've let the son down. I've, I've let them down. I dropped the ball. Look at Peter. Somebody said, Peter, Peter, so much potential. <laughs> So much anointing. Uh, Jesus said of you that he didn't say of anybody else. Jesus said of Peter what he didn't even say of John. And John was one of his closest disciples. In fact, John was the one that he entrusted the care of his mother into John's hands. You know the scripture on the cross when he told John, take care of my mother. But when he got up from the grave and he had to send a message to the disciples. One somebody's name he called. He didn't call John's name. He didn't tell him, Brother Ivan, go get John. He didn't say, go get James. But he says, go find Peter. I almost changed the subject and said, go get Peter. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, go get Peter. Some of you know some Peters in your life that feels dejected and left out and felt as if because I've let the Lord down. Nobody wants me. Look at somebody and say, go get Peter. We hang out with too many Johns and not enough Peters. We hang out with folk who had it all together. But we need some Peters. We need some folk who've been through some stuff, but they don't look like what they've been through. Well, yeah, yeah, we need somebody who know how to say, Lord, I'm still here. I've been through the rough part of it, and I know I let you down. But I thank you giving me a second chance. Woo! Somebody help me preach this message and reach over and touch somebody and say, go get Peter. Tell him, go find Peter. Go find Peter. Go find somebody who perhaps was stretched out on drugs. Go find that young lady who had a child at age 14. Go find that brother who seemed not to be able to put that pipe down. Go find somebody who's mad at God and hadn't been to church for a long time. We're too busy looking for John, but God says we better go find Peter. We better go find somebody that messed up because God's got a message for them. I still want to use you. Somebody ought to put a praise on that right now. Come on, take about 30 seconds. Look somebody in the eye. Turn to somebody and say, I am Peter. I, I, I'm like Peter. I'm like Peter. I've had some missteps. I've had some things that didn't go right in my life. I, I, I've fallen from grace. Is there anybody in the house so glad that God didn't give up on you? 
Is there anybody in the house so glad that God gave you a second chance? Used to be lost, but now you're found. Somebody ought to give God a praise. Touch somebody. Say, neighbor, I'm like Peter. I am just like Peter. I am just like Peter. Should have been lost, but God found me. Come on, Zion. Come on, Zion. When I think of his goodness and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. When I think of his goodness and what he has done for me, where he's brought me from, you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. You don't know my story. I feel like preaching. Get to your feet, touch two people, and say, neighbor, the Lord is calling your name. The Lord is calling your name. The Lord wants to give you a second chance. He wants to still use you. Somebody shout glory. Somebody shout glory. Woo! Stand to your feet. I want to leave you with this scripture. Help me upstairs quickly. Go to Acts chapter 2. Mm, beginning at verse 14. The New Living Translation. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm so glad he went to find Peter. I'm so glad the Lord didn't give up on Peter. Because just because you used to be something doesn't mean you will always be that. Any witnesses in here? So glad the Lord is a God of a second chance. I wish I had a witness in the house. Anybody so glad? Look at this. Fifty days later, woo, in the streets of Jerusalem, coming down from the upper room, uh, the Bible says in verse 14, then Peter stepped forward. Oh, you missed that. You missed that. Look at somebody and say, then Peter stepped forward and Peter began to preach. Peter said, not John, not James, not Matthew, but Peter said, listen, all of you, uh, these people are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit 
upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will dream dreams. Verse number, the, look at verse number 19. I will cause wonders in the heavens. Ah, drop down to verse number 21. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor, this is Peter. This is Peter. Peter said, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Touch somebody, say, look at Peter. Come on, cross the aisles and touch somebody, say, look at Peter. Look at Peter. I'm so glad that the Lord didn't give up. somebody God still wants to use you tell them God still has a job for you the anointing is still over your life God is not through with you yet I want to do something I want you to listen and move quickly everybody in this audience that is under 40 years old Leave your seat and come stand right here at this altar. Leave the balcony wherever you are. If you, I, this is a demonstration for the world. Everybody, look at God. Everybody that's under 40 years old. God told me to do this. Look at God. Look at God. Somebody shout Peter, 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 Peter. Peter, Peter, Peter. Come on, just shout Peter. Thank God for Peter. Look at all these Peters coming from the balcony look at Ed good God almighty good God put the camera on the let Columbia see all of these Peters in here come on Peter 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 come on Peter God's calling your name God's calling your name look at Peter look at Peter all the old folk like me say, look at Peter. Woo! Come on, they're still coming. Feel the hourways. Feel it. Everybody under 40. Come on. Come on. The devil is a liar. The devil says you don't go to church anymore. The devil says you don't love the Lord anymore. Look at somebody say, the devil is a liar. Come on, stand in this highway, wherever you. Come on, Sister Francis. Greater is coming. Greater. 
I need to change this up a little bit. Come on. Woo. Peter. 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 God, can I preach to the Peter generation? Can I take two minutes to prophesy over Peter? The devil thought he had you, but what the enemy did not know, that all your struggles had a purpose on it. Everything you went through, God had a purpose on it. And God stopped by to tell you, greater is coming. Anybody know that God's got something greater? Is coming. Everybody on the floor, stretch your hand this way. Woo. Look at God. Look at this audience. There are over a thousand people at this altar that are under 40 years old. We're going to prophesize over this generation. You ain't seen nothing yet. We're going to touch and agree that God's got something great with your name on it. Come on, come on. Yes, we are. Come on, yeah, yeah, we got it. Yeah, yeah, come on. If it had not been for the shake, if it had not been I for the shake, never been ready for the making. Ooh, yeah, yeah. If it had not been for the beating, the beating. I would have never knew how anointed I would be. If it had not been for the pressing, I wouldn't be able to walk into my destiny. He's preparing me. He's preparing you. Preparing me. Preparing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For greater. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel a shaking in the sea. I feel a shaking right now. Yeah. I feel a beating. I feel a beating in the spirit. Yeah, yeah. I feel a pressing in the spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's preparing me yes, he is. for greater. I feel a shaking in the spirit. God is not through with you I yet. I feel a beating in the spirit. Oh yeah. I feel a pressing in the spirit. He's preparing me for greater. If it had not been, if it had not been. There's a reason you went through. If it had not been, thank you. Everybody worship. Yeah, I feel it. I feel a pressing. He's preparing me. I feel it. I feel a beating. God's doing something.
at it. Tell them greater is coming. It's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Greater. Greater. It's Tell coming. somebody greater is oh, coming. Greater. Greater is coming. Woo, come on. It's coming. coming, everybody. It's coming. Greater. It's coming. Greater. It's coming. Oh, greater. It's coming. God promised me greater. Everybody lift those hands, it's coming. It's coming. Listen, everybody do me a favor. Put your arms around somebody's shoulders. I want the cameras to focus on this audience at this altar. To those of you that are viewing by way of internet, Facebook Live, there are thousands of young people that are here. And the reason why God says do that, because I'm sick of the devil's lies. I'm sick of hearing the devil says, young people don't go to church. Young people don't love the Lord. Young people are not committed. Look at somebody say, the devil is a liar. Whew. Look at all of these Peters that are standing at the altar right now. Wait, how many of you want something greater in your life? Come on, take those hands and just wave it in the air. How many of you expecting God to do something greater in your life? Come on, how many of you are looking greater and greater? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Listen, here's a message for those of us that God wants to send a message through. For everyone that's at this altar, there are at least three more that you know should be here. Am I right about it? And I'm not even talking about these young people. I'm talking about some mamas and daddies and uncles and grandmothers and others. I've got a message for you. You've got an assignment for this week. Go get Peter. I've got an assignment for you. Every adult over 40 years old turned to somebody else, said, let's go get Peter. Because see, y'all got some Peters in your house sleeping in your beds. You've got some Peters that you're paying their car payments for. You've got some Peters you're paying their rent. You've got some Peters you're paying their tuition. And God told me to tell you. Go get him. Don't let the devil have him. 
because this is a great demonstration of what God can do. And I want to say to you young people today that I am so godly proud of you. I know none of you are perfect, but guess what? None of us were perfect either. And the fact is, none of us are perfect now. But don't you ever let the devil make you so discouraged that you forget the fact that God still wants to use you. Amen. Out of this group of young people, how many of you want to be used by God? Just wave those hands. Ooh. Look at God. How many of you says God, God can use you in a special way? God can use you. God's going to do something real special. Don't get discouraged. And let the enemy steal your assignment. God has an assignment over your life. Peter preached the greatest sermon in the New Testament. Some 53 days after he denied Jesus, Peter preached the greatest sermon in the New Testament. I'm here to tell you that no matter what you've been through, the Lord still wants to use you. Lift those hands all over this place. Now to the young people that are here, I'm going to do something different today. God told me to do this, Deacon Parker. Here's the altar call for those who want to commit their life to the Lord. Those of you who raised your hands and said that you want to be used by the Lord, this is what I need you to do. I need you to just, when you go back, just give us an email, send us a text to the church. Come on, somebody put it up on the board how they can contact us. God, God told me that, that God wants to use you in a special way. And this Sunday, amen, my assignment is not to call you down front and say, join the church. Listen carefully. My assignment today is to encourage you to join the movement. Ooh. Raise those hands again if you want to be used by God. We, we're going to give you a way. We're going to put something on the board where you can email us, text us. I know you're digitally savvy. You know how to do that. I, I, I want to put it up there. LJ knows y'all help me out. And we're going to tell you. And when you leave here today, even before you leave this service, you just sign up. Say, I want to join the movement. Now let me preface this. I want to stand here so you can see me. Thank you for indulging me. This is not a church as usual movement. This is not a movement about who's in charge and who's the third vice president of the young adult ministry. But this is a movement to go out and turn the world upside down for the Lord. Amen. This is the movement for you to commit yourself to something greater than the Lord. We're going to leave that on the board. You can, you can take a screenshot of it. You can get it down and you go back and send us a message and say, Pastor Jackson, I'm signing up for the movement. I am Peter. These young people who came from CIU all across the country and the world, others are here today because God says I'm doing something different. This is not about building bigger churches. This is not about adding to the membership of Bible Way. This is about the kingdom.
tell somebody this is about the kingdom. We don't need any new junior deacons or ministers right now. What we need right now are people who want to sign up for a movement to turn the world upside down. If you need a title or a position, you're in the wrong movement, okay? But if you want to do something for the kingdom, God says we're going to do it right now because guess what? Greater is coming. And God's got something greater with your name on it. If you want to be a member of the church, you info us, you send us a message and say, I signed up. I haven't joined yet, but I want to. Just send us a message because this is not about who can be seen up front. This is about what God is doing on this day. Lift your hands all over this place. Lord, we thank you. Look at Peter. Thank you, Lord. Because it wasn't so long ago that I was Peter. I was the young man who lost my way. I was the young man who, for a period in my life, was more concerned with radical protests than I was the kingdom. Whew. But thank God you didn't give up on me. Thank God that when I doubted your existence, thank God that when I was rebellious against anything my daddy suggested, you didn't give up on me. And now you won't give up on these young people too. So here we are, Lord. Look at this vast army. Look at all of these Peters, male and female, that are standing here today. Use them in a special way. College students, high school students, young professionals, whatever their walk in life is. You told me to do this this morning. So I've been obedient to your will. This is not about signing up new members for Bible Way, but this is about the kingdom. So have your way, Lord. Thank you for not giving up on any of these young people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And those who know it is already done, said amen. Amen. Find somebody, put your arms around them. Tell him God still wants to use you. God wants to use you. Come on, yeah, greater. Hey, greater is coming. Do the Greater is coming. It's coming. If you want to be saved, if you want to join the church, go ahead and text us a message. It's coming. Come up, give him. Oh, come on, give him a praise. It's greater coming. is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Anybody know God wants to use you? Yeah, give God a praise for the word of God, amen, as we stand.